0: Great expectations is part of the Earth 2 network of podcasts. Episode
1: 23. No edits. I'm driving in my car. I turn on the radio. I pull you a little closer. You say no, you say you don't like it, I say you're a wire. but when we get, it's like fire. No edits, Jerry. No edits.
2: That's my name, no edits, Jerry. Jerry Noettic McDade.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Great Expectations. This is Jerry.
2: And this is Sean.
0: And we're happy to have you back with us again.
2: Those of you that made it over the great exodus of the uh, Earth 2 network.
0: Yeah! This is our second show now on the the new thread feed thing. I don't do technology, really. I don't either. Yeah, who am I talking to? I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> I'm not editing that.
2: Fuck you. Yep, no edits. No, no edits have made. Yeah!
1: No edits! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every, hundreds of people are just gonna
1: be like, GAAAH! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh! <laughs> <It's like glasses. laughs>
2: Oh. Sean, my boy. Yes. You know what it's time for? uh For me to get down to one of my biggest issues with Chris (coughs) Carmon's ever. Oh, shit. Yeah. I like the sound of that. It's coming up later on. But first...
1: Previously on X-Men.
2: What the fuck happened to this? This is is 150, man. Go listen to the anthology episode. No edits. No edits!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Previously on the X-Men, we had this cool thing in issue 150 where the X-Men faced off against Magneto. That was in uh, in our anthology episode, which you should listen to, as Sean said. And then we just talked about some cool stuff from Marvel Fanfare, and what was
2: the other thing we did? And X-Men Annual Number Five, la 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 badoon, ooh, ooh
1: la, 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 la. la la
2: badoon.
0: So that was cool. That was our last episode, and that's all I really feel like saying about it. Yep. Thanks everybody. Thanks a lot.
1: No edits!
2: <laughs> Sorry, <we> just gonna... <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> just so you know, Jerry's been sick for the past week and a half. I got attacked by a deer on a bike trail <laughs> and stung by a bee, and my arms swelled up to the size of the blob. It's been a fucking mess. Yeah, but you were completely immovable. I lost my first crush. Not Robin Williams. It was Lauren McCall. Oh, man. That's right. That voice. That smoky, smoky voice. Oh, Get out of smoky. the way, bogey! Get your hands off my woman, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know how you could like a lady that talks like this. But I'm glad you did. <laughs> I do. You know how to whistle, don't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just put your, your lips together and you blow.
2: Oh, speaking of bike accidents, there is an atrocity on this cover. You can <sighs> win a Formula 10 Columbia Racer.
0: Yeah, you can. On the cover of Uncanny X-Men number 151. Written by Chris Claremont. Drawn, you could say, by Jim Sherman, with credit given to Bob McCloud and Joe Rubenstein. And a new colorist, Bonnie Wilford. Okay. Sweet. There you go. But yeah, win a 10 speed. Sean, how about the art in this book, huh? Oh, I. you know, I've never seen
2: Storm look manlier.
0: No, I've never seen anybody look shittier in an X-Book. In the oh, 70s or 80s.
2: That's not true. I would like to introduce you to my childhood. <laughs> you just wait. I put a qualifier on it. There's fucking Igor Cordy. <laughs> yeah. He was young, man. Does he listen to the show?
0: It, oh, of course he does.
1: <laughs> no edits! <laughs> no edits!
0: <laughs> Igor Cordy. Did I tell you about the conversation I had with Ethan Van Sciver? Was it about Republicans? It was not about Republicans. It was about his art. Who's Ethan Men Skyver? He's the guy that did that Green Lantern run on. What's a Green DC Lantern? This D oh, I trampled earth. Do that again. What's a? You know, it's that DC book. What's a? <laughs> D- <laughs> but before he did that, he was hired by Marvel oh. to do fill-in work on Grant Morrison's run because Frank Quitely is so goddamn slow. And it was like one of his first professional gigs, and it was pretty rough. So we talked about it in at a convention in Toronto, and he was like, yeah, I just wasn't ready. I was really glad for the opportunity, but I wasn't ready.
1: <laughs>
0: and I was like, well, you've gotten a lot better.
1: Yeah.
0: And he has. Or so I hear. I don't know. I haven't seen any of his work in the last 15 years. Right. Yeah, because he works for the Distinguished Competition. Can we say that? Uh, I don't know what that is. There's no competition for Marvel, <laughs> but we digress. No edits. So yeah, this is a big steaming pile of shit, folks. Issue 151. Um, I don't know what to say other than the first six ish, first six pages of this issue feature Kitty Pride in a bikini, and I don't think I'll ever have an erection again. <laughs> Oh man. This is bad. Scott Summers is wearing, like, beta blocker, old lady shades. I, Sean. It's, yeah. Help me.
2: I, I mean, I got a problem with everything about this issue strictly because Professor Xavier suddenly, I think Kitty's parents decide that it's unsafe for her to be part of the X-Men, so they want to ship her off to the Massachusetts Academy.
0: Yeah, that's some bullshit.
2: That is some bullshit. Who runs that? Emma Frost.
1: Hello, bitch! No edits! <laughs> One
2: edit! <laughs> One edit!
0: <laughs> yeah, that's basically the story. Um, Kitty's parents are breaking up, and it will be easier on everybody for some reason. Since they live in Chicago, it's easier for Kitty if she lives in Massachusetts instead of New York. What the f- so, there you go. They're moving her off to this new school. And she's sad about it. Everybody's sad about it. But now that Jean Grey is dead, there's nobody to change her parents' minds. And it sucks. Storm's pretty broken up about it. She is. And she's surprised at the situation because they all assumed that Emma Frost... Oh, ho! ...was dead. Right. Following their previous encounter with her. um, But I guess she's not, because, hey, comics.
2: Yeah. And uh, Storm's the one that takes her off to the Academy. And this kind of reminded me of that episode of The Office where um, Michael's girlfriend yeah. gets transferred
0: and they go on the road trip.
2: And it slowly dawns on him that he just doesn't care enough to make the trip. Yeah. Poor Holly. Yeah.
0: She was really hot for someone in their forties. Like, you can be really hot in your forties.
2: That's the lesson. Lauren Bacall proved you could be hot in your eighties, buddy. That's true. You probably still think she's hot right now.
0: One more edit! <laughs> <laughs> Two edits! <laughs> so, Aurora takes Kitty to the Massachusetts Academy. There's a heartfelt goodbye. And then Aurora starts acting really weird. Well, she
2: bumps into Emma Frost.
0: Oh, that's right. She bumps into that.
2: Oh, bitch. One panel and then you don't see him again. Storm comes out, gives Kitty a hug. So she's taken off. Which panel does she actually bump into? her? In? Oh, yeah. Right after she
0: walks past, I was reading this, uh, and my daughter walked up. And she goes, "Is there's a panel where Aurora and Kitty are walking past this lady. And (laughs) just as an illustration of how poorly done this issue is, my daughter goes, Why is that man wearing a skirt? Referring to the lady in the hallway. Because she is the ugliest woman ever drawn in comics.
2: I guess it has to happen. Somebody has to be the ugliest. It's reality, Jerry. Don't make me sick. The Tumblr people on you. That's what a real woman looks like, Jerry, according to the internet. Okay. Storm and bikini-clad Kitty and Shauna the She Devil. It's all figments of your fucking imagination. It's all my imagination. It's comic books. Kids are back. Kids are back. One more time. Fuck.
1: No idiot! <laughs>
2: <coughs> so, Storm takes off, she peels out over the grass. Should be your first indication that she's a son of a bitch. And she is. And then she starts
0: smoking, Sean. Yeah. Smoking. What? Storm
2: smoking? Only evil people smoke It's true. Cigarettes.
0: And why is she... <laughs> <laughs> no And why is she pulling that fur... Fur, uh the thing cape around herself.
2: That white fur cape. Yeah, she lets loose with her powers. Dumps a bunch of snow in her car because she doesn't understand what she's doing. Why doesn't she know how to use her powers?
0: And why is she calling Sebastian Shaw on the phone? I
2: don't know. Oh, there you go. It's revealed that Storm has been, her body's been taken over by the White Queen. Yeah. If I was the White Queen and I had taken over Aurora's body, I would not use her powers first.
0: No. No. I, that's not what I'd be doing either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> One more it. <edit.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So the real Storm wakes up, locked up in a room, and she finally realizes she is in Emma Frost's body. And the room is very, very cold. <laughs>
2: yeah, but it's drawn so poorly. Who cares?
0: Th- this one panel works for me. I really? like this one panel. There's zero
2: definition.
0: There's some very sharp definition right oh, there. Oh,
2: yeah, okay. Yeah, it's sharp.
0: <laughs> it's so sharp it could cut Diamonds. So, uh cut back to the Xavier's mansion place, because I'm drunk now. And...
2: <laughs> she just said Xavier. <laughs>
0: yeah, I did. Not the college. I'm talking about Professor Xavier. One more edit! <laughs> and Kurt is macking on Amanda, his sister, girlfriend, friend from a long time ago. Don't worry about it. It's natural. Comics. It's comics. And this a uh, sentinel attacks. Wolverine jumps out of the bushes from where he was watching him.
2: I love the fact that Cyclops optic blasts the shit out of that thing from a window. Like, he must have, like, looked out of the window and been like, Oh, let me remove my beta blockers. Yeah. Can't see in these things. And then
0: the, the one other cool panel in the whole thing, a bunch of other sentinels emerge from the lake.
2: Yeah, yeah. I did really like that. I would like to offer an apology to Jim Sherman. (laughs) (laughs) That panel's pretty sweet.
0: I apologize for nothing. (laughs) That's fine. But I'll give him that that one's pretty good. The X-Men lay into these Sentinels, which were sent by the Hellfire Club. Here we go with this Hellfire Club Sentinel tie-in that I still don't understand. And... um, it's a cool fight. And Storm shows up. Um, I should say the White Queen shows up.
2: Colossus gets crommed by a sentinel. That seems to be any time that Colossus gets his ass kicked, the sound effect is crom. That's what it
0: sounds like when you punch a steel man. And he got pounded directly down into the dirt. Like a peg. Like a,
2: a peggy peg. Yeah. I hate this episode. <laughs> then Nightcrawler, he teleports grabs some plastique, and then teleports plastic explosives on uh, the legs of all the sentinels, so they explode. Yeah, leaving himself just enough time. They've got plastic explosives lying around at this school. That's right. Why not?
0: So Storm shows up to save the day. I'm doing the quotation mark thing with my fingers. And then zaps the sentinels... Knocking the hell out of everybody else, and then zapping everybody with lightning bolts. Cause she's a mean old- Oh
1: bitch.
2: Then Emma Frost quotations again, cause it's not really Emma Frost, it's Storm Comics. Keep up, people. She, uh, picks a lock, tries to get out. Doesn't happen. Wait. She finds Kitty. And she's like, Kitty, are you
0: alright? And Kitty's like, it's that old bitch. And then, uh, runs away from her, but before she can, Aurora, in this unfamiliar body, accidentally side-blasts her and fears she may have killed Kitty.
2: So clearly, her parents were wrong. The Massachusetts Academy isn't any safer.
0: Clearly, because the X-Men are there too. And that leads us to issue 152. This is an immediate improvement over the last issue. Bob McCloud is doing pencils on this issue. <coughs> I dig the cover on this one. Yeah. Oh, cover's pretty sweet. You've got the White Queen, um, who's unidentifiable other than her silver hair. Yeah. And then...
2: Uh, Which she really doesn't have silver hair, so... Right. Well, whatever. Just That's much, a it's unidentifiable, except you get Storm in White Queen's costume. Yes, you do. That gives three thumbs up from Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: bigger than a thumb, <laughs> Except when it's tucked. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: no evidence! <elements! laughs> There's a big-ass banner ad for Spider-Man and his ava- amazing
0: friends. Beginning September 12th. So we're coming into that time, folks. This is like a golden era for, for kid comic fans.
1: Yeah.
0: Got comic... Uh, Comic theme cartoons on TV. Pretty I soon. wasn't even born when this issue came out, Jerry. Dang. <gasps> I I didn't read this new. Okay. It's cool though.
2: Sweet. It opens up with a pretty killer splash page. I dig that. Yeah, you got
0: Storm throwing lightning bolts at a car.
2: Only that's not
0: Storm. Storm's inside the car, only that's not Storm either. That's Emma Frost. I'm so confused. (coughs) Storm has Kitty, a very dazed Kitty, in the car with her. Uh, Kitty wakes up, freaks out seeing Emma Frost next to her, still not realizing it's really Storm, and almost propels herself out of the car using her phasing ability before she catches herself. But she probably should have thrown herself out because the car goes tumbling down a mountainside. Because I guess Storm can't drive. And now the White Queen is really bummed out because she thinks her body is destroyed.
2: Yep. But
0: Kitty uh sees Aurora in Emma Frost's body about to be consumed by fire. She does the right thing and she saves her. And they hide in a sewer drain. Meanwhile, Sebastian Shaw totally making out w- with Emma Frost and Aurora's body. That's hot. Those sideburns are hot.
2: Do you think? Do you think that Emma was okay with that? Do you think, like deep down inside, she was like, "You motherfucker"? Because like, he
0: was enjoying it.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, I think tightrope you gotta walk, man.
0: Well, I mean, as far see, he shouldn't have been so honest about it because they both thought that her other body was gone. So. He was like, well, now I can be honest, right? Because what's she going to do? Go back to her old body? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what she's going to do, and he's probably going to eat those words. Super strength or not, it's probably going to hurt when she kicks him in the balls. That's
2: true. Yeah, she's going to be like, absorb this kinetic energy, and then she's going to twist and pull this ball. <laughs> no edits. <laughs> so Kitty explains Aurora in Emma's body, talking to kitty in the drain pipe, and they uh basically kitty figures it out you know emma aurora is able to we should have come up with some type of brangelina type name
1: yeah if we had
2: done any preparation we would have nailed that
0: preparation h one more edit Edit for bad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Storm, the Hellfire Club have taken the X-Men captive after Emma Frost's lightning blast that caught them all by surprise. Don't get
2: too excited, Alan. They're in their costumes, no European briefs. No briefs. It's a real disappointment. Although they do get Cyclops back in his red gimp mask.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which, as you recall, I thought was really cool looking. Yes. It's still cool-looking, even though it's no longer drawn by Byrne. Sniff. Coolness ensues, given what we know of the future. We see the return of the um, Hellfire guards that Wolverine carved up in issue 132 yep. or 3. Reese and Cole. Yeah. They're all cyberneticy now, and they they're out for revenge on Wolverine. This will not be the last we see of them either. They will return as part of Lady Deathstrike's gang. But here they're in some differently colored Hellfire gear. Now they're red. These are like the the Ant-Man version. Yeah. Not as cool. Not as cool, no. I agree. Somehow Stevie Hunter gets roped in all this.
2: Yep. And... (laughs) They're trying to have the element of surprise there and Kitty goes and sticks her head out of the car and Emma Storm grabs her and pulls her back in and starts yelling at her and that's when Kitty kind of clues in that, okay, this is for real because that sure is a Storm lecture if I've ever heard one. Yeah, And then everybody jumped in the air and then freeze-framed. And that was the end credits.
0: <laughs> Freeze-frame high-five. <laughs> I love that. I kind of wish that this body swap thing had worked out because I'm really digging Storm and the White Queen. outfit. Yeah. I'm never going to get over it, Sean. Oh, wait, I'm over it because I just saw a Harry Leland moose knuckle. <laughs> oh, man.
2: <laughs> why, Sean, why? That's ridiculous. Get it together,
0: McCloud. Nightcrawler gets to punch Harry in the face. That's pretty great. I mean, who doesn't love that? They fight, the X-Men win, Storm and Emma Frost fly up into the air, they have a fight, Storm uses the gun on that, that Emma Frost used to swap their bodies, she swaps them back. End of the story, Storm ends up naked, which is how things should end. Ta-da! Wasn't that cool? And now for something completely different.
1: Yeah. X-Men!
2: Jerry's least favorite X-Men issue of all time. Come on now. I present to you a chance to win a Columbia 10-speed racer. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody won this 10-speed racer yet? Clearly not, cause it's, it's, it's showing up next issue too. Alright, so we've got issue 153. Written by Chris Claremont, drawn by Dave Cockrum and Joe Rubenstein. We've got a a new, we've got an old colorist back. (coughs) Glennis Wine, Ween, whatever, whatever. Um, and the story starts
0: with the X Men now removing wreckage from a completely obliterated wing of the building. Now the damage has moved outside the building, Sean. Yep. It's getting worse. And even worse, there's no Warren Worthington III to be
2: found. For Professor Xavier to leech money off of?
0: Yeah, where is that dude?
2: The champions, man.
0: (laughs) Um, In one of my favorite bits of this whole book, there are two connected ones that you will be completely oblivious to. Because you're too young to care. But uh Kitty phases out of the roof of the building, and she's wearing an ElfQuest t-shirt. And Sean, you don't give a shit, but that was, was my first indie book love. Yeah? ElfQuest. What's an indie? I know. But I'm sure there are at least
2: one other person out there that knows what I'm talking about. It was a fun book. Right. And then they're going to go... They're gonna tweet at me, hey Sean, you should give ElfQuest a chance. And I'm gonna go, uh, no. which is cool. I'm sorry.
0: There'll be another ElfQuest, uh, um, yeah. reference coming very
1: shortly. <clears throat> <clears throat> See more nice
2: moments between, um, Kitty and Ileana. Ileana's pretty scared. She is, you know, if
0: only they were closer in age, they'd probably, connect better they should do something about that yeah they should it is interesting though that professor x has telepathically taught the entire team russian so that they can communicate with iliana
2: that is pretty sweet
0: that's... that's totally sweet i know kung fu right.
2: no edits i like that reference yeah was that a was that a chuck reference that was uh the matrix Oh. See, I thought it was okay i just got done rewatching all five seasons of chuck
1: <laughs>
0: he probably swiped it from that
2: <laughs> i don't think so
0: did he say that
2: who chuck yeah it's probably from the matrix he's probably yeah, quoting the matrix but i didn't think about the matrix <laughs>
0: i immediately went chuck that's what i'm saying yeah that's fine so, as you were saying, Ileana was scared. Yes. And she wanted a bedtime story. And Peter offered, but she said, no, 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 no. You're a scrub. You paint. You draw. This is,
2: it's time for words. Yeah. I mean, come on. I want. Really? artist. What do they bring to a story? You know what makes me
0: crazy is that. <laughs> I'm going to pause and let that sink in. The Peter is always doing the thing about how he doesn't have words and how he wished he was more of a writer and a poet. And everything. he's like the most poetic dude in the whole world. It's true. Um, so I'd like to hear a Peter's fairy tale,
2: right? But we don't
0: get that. We get Kitty's fairy tale,
2: man. So you turn the page, and it's a double page spread of a. Uh, it's a pretty cool drawing artist. It's a book opened up. It's got the cast of characters. Kitty Pride as Pirate Kitty. Peter Rasputin as Colossus, her true love. Scott Summers as the noble prince. Charles Xavier as the wizard. I gotta stop doing that. Aurora as the genie. Kurt Wagner as under protest, a bamf. Logan as the fiend with no name. The SR-71 Blackbird as Lockheed the dragon. Lockheed the dragon, you say? Yes. Jean Grey... As the Enchanted Princess. I'm going to have more to say about this in a little while. Okay, cool. I want to hear about it.
0: So, this is a total swashbuckling tale straight out of Savage Sword of Conan or something.
2: It's pretty sweet. I know that, like, this is one of the issues where people are like, I don't even know if we should go through this one panel by panel. Nah. 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 Because I think it's a pretty fun issue that people should seek out.
0: I mean, we can if you want to. I just, um, it's just a kooky little tale where everybody's got kind of a familiar but slightly different role. Colossus is a prince, and Professor X is his, uh, like his magician. Cyclops
2: is the prince. Yeah. What did I say? You said Colossus. Damn it. Colossus is a pirate man. Colossus looks sweet as a pirate. Colossus pirate actually looks like, um. Uh, Generation Next, Age of Apocalypse, Colossus. Right, you know why? The bandana. Because he's got a bandana. Yeah.
0: So he looks like anybody from the nineties. Artists no matter ad- <laughs> <laughs> Um, they do the cool thing that they always do with with Cyclops whenever they're in the uh, uh, whenever he's like not in his. What am I trying to say? It seems like okay, when Jean is in her fantasy world yeah. with Wingard. Projecting it. Anytime Cyclops showed up, like he'd, be, he'd have that tricorn hat on, and it would cast the uh, shadows over his eyes. Yeah. Now he's in like a little turban thing, and yeah. it's doing the same thing. That's all I was trying to say. It's ass. But they pull it off his head, and it unleashes his optic blasts, Which everybody thinks is crazy as hell. Yeah. And then there's a little fight, and then Jean Grey shows up. Yeah. As Dark Phoenix. And Professor X chases her off with a um what the um that crystal thing that that the Shiar gave.
2: Oh my god, Steve Raker would know this.
0: The whole empathic Matrix.
1: Yeah I
0: totally did it all by myself, you guys. I didn't even Google that. Uh so he he pulls that out and wards off the Dark Phoenix with it because it's the only thing that can destroy her. And it turns out just as in reality, it's the, the, it contains the essence of like her true spirit. Um, and what's out there is like a bastardization of that. And, uh, so here's my commentary on this. Okay. This whole thing is a story told by Kitty. Yes. And later on we're going to see that like the entire team kind of ends up eavesdropping on the story. And I just feel like it's really fucked up that she's using Jean and the Dark Phoenix in some story, like because she wasn't there. She's she's kind of like talking shit about Jean. More like she's talking about shit about that that she's got no business talking about, I guess, is what. And everybody's like, "Oh, it was really, it was a really sweet story, and thanks for doing that." But I. If I was Scott, I might have been kind of like my nose might have been bent a little over it. Yeah? Maybe.
2: It's weird because when I finished reading it and like after spoilers <laughs> Scott, Don't don't don't. No. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Scott and Jean has a happy they have a happy ending. Yeah. And uh I actually appreciated
1: Bound that. <laughs>
2: I thought it was sweet. Like I didn't I didn't read into it. Clearly you're a jaded motherfucker, Jerry. Well, that is true.
0: But um it didn't really start off that way. So my my interpretation of what was going on in the beginning was like Kitty, you probably shouldn't be talking about any of this. You should probably just shut up right now. You no right now. You should like right now,
2: just stop. Stop it. Yeah. But she pulled it off in the end.
0: Okay, rant over. I'm sorry.
2: No, no, no. I, you know what? I actually, I mean, I probably would be irritated by that too. And I do think it's one of those things where it's like calling on a dead teammate to be the villain in the beginning of the story. I mean, that's that is a little rough. Yeah. I I had my Oh, this is sweet. Glasses on. But you might be right.
0: <coughs> maybe I mean, maybe she asked Colossus before she started too soon and he was like, "Nah." he's been in the ground for years now go for it
2: if i was if i was kurt and wolverine i'd be a little offended yeah you would <laughs> if i was the fiend with no name
0: but before we get to the fiend with no name kitty summons her pet dragon yeah lockheed which pretty much looks like a black dragon version of like the wings on this thing look just make it look just like the SR seventy one. It's really cool. Yeah. But he's got a lip on him. He don't take no guff from no kitties.
2: And that's when Nightcrawler and uh Logan walk by the room and they overhear the story so they start listening to it. Eavesdropping. Like a couple of preverts.
0: The Banff shows up and Lands on Kitty's lap and starts making the moves. Tries to be chased off by a bunch of other Bamfs. Yep. But he runs them off. And he's got her all to himself. Cause Colossus is wandering the shores. Where he finds a bottle? He finds a genie in a bottle. I just thought it was cool that like I (laughs) am-
2: Oh my god. This would have been the best podcast for us to have video. Because <laughs> there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that you're unaware of, audience. <laughs> Those were some sweet dance moves, Jerry. Thank you. I love the fact that, like, Kitty uses the, you know, she's not Storm, she's Wind Rider. Yeah. that was cool. I was like, I'm digging this. And that it's is fun.
0: a Cockrum costume, if yeah. ever there was one.
2: Yeah. She's sort of like,
0: oh, I can't make that reference. What? I was gonna say it's like Batman Beyond.
2: <laughs> but what? what's a Batman Beyond? <laughs> I don't know. I don't what's even
0: the know the what Bat- I'm saying. I'm making up what's words. The Batman.
2: Sounds like a, like a crappy version of Spider-Man. Ratman. Yeah.
0: Did you know that Sauron- Wait a sec.
2: It's not defl- Is that deflator mouse?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you know that Sauron originally was supposed to be a bat?
2: No, oh, I'm happy he turned out to be a pterodactyl.
0: They, or a they wanted to make him a bat because he's vampiric, and the comics code authorities said no, so they had to settle with
1: that.
2: Yeah, we've already got one great bat character, Morbius. Yes, <laughs> and don't forget Dracula,
0: who's coming soon. Oh yeah. So, stuff, 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 stuff. <laughs> stuff happens. <laughs> Kookiness.
2: Phoenix comes back. She's fighting the Wind Rider. Her eyes are on fire. Yeah. They try to send Lockheed after it, but he's not cooperating. So the Fiend with no name stabs him. And so he, he starts breathing fire. He belches fire like a moth.
0: And then everybody gets cool wings.
2: Yeah. That happened. Yeah. It's a weird issue. You should all check it out.
0: Oh, there's the other, uh, ElfQuest. Oh, yeah. That little
2: fairy thing. That's from ElfQuest. So, like I said, it ends with, uh, them defeating the Phoenix. And she's turned back into Jean. And when... When Jean is freed and no longer the Phoenix, Cyclops's eye curse goes away, so he's able to look at her, and they're happy in the end. Kitty's asleep, Kitty or Ilyana's asleep. Kitty opens the door, and uh, everybody starts laughing, and they're all having a good time. And then Cyclops kneels down and gives her a kiss on the cheek and says, "We thought it was great, especially the ending. Thank you." And that's why I thought it was sweet, because I was like. Ileana doesn't need to know the bullshit so in some far off land Cyclops and (coughs) Jim got the ending that they deserved not the ending that they got Jim fucking Shooter Shooter The end So that brings us up to Uncanny X-Men number 154 X-Men 154 Reunion, written by Chris Claremont with art by Dave Cockrum, Bob Wyachek, and Joseph Rubenstein. It opens up with Storm and Cyclops going at it, playing something. type whoa, 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 <laughs> not in that way. <laughs> whoa, sorry, sorry, uh, settling
0: their their leadership. No, who that's, was dominant? Yeah, that's how they should have done it. When it the time came to finally put an end to who was the real yeah. leader of the team,
2: they should have had a fuck off.
1: No edits. No edits!
2: <laughs> Whoever orgasms first loses.
1: <laughs>
0: Not in my
2: book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One more
2: edit! <laughs> like 17 edits. So we get
0: three full pages of Cyclops and Storm playing handball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love the fact that none of this shit makes me laugh Until I'm staring at you And then I turn into like an 8 year old boy Listen This issue Is not the greatest However The cartoon did a fantastic job of adapting this issue, just so you know this is the issue where Cyclops finds out for real man, so they're doing the handball thing. there's a really uncomfortable sweaty couple of panels of storm, like not a good sweaty, but a hmm but a weirdly drone sweaty like she spent
0: it... the last five minutes trying to twist the cap off the peanut butter jar, <laughs>
1: yeah, is
2: that kind of strainy yeah. strainy sweaty, yeah. Then it cuts to Corsair, flying a ship, realizes a, uh, Shiar dreadnought has found him, so he starts taking off. So then there's an interlude at the Bermuda Triangle. There's the, uh, there's the island that was raised from the ocean floor by Magneto. The X-Men are there. Eliana's there, probably not safe. Just probably not safe. Probably not safe at all. Um, Xavier is in his best what would you, what would you call it? Panama Jack? <laughs> yeah. This is this is his
0: fighting the the Shadow King gear.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but when he Oh No edits, I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> Lay it on me. No it's edits. Like, this whole Safari outfit when he's in the wheelchair is just a bit like come on, dude. <laughs> really? You're not going anywhere. You're gonna fuck Indiana Jones it. who's, who's the dude from Lost? John Locke. You can't John don't Locke.
1: Me. Don't
2: tell me what I can't do. <laughs> John Locke <coughs> was the fucking best character ever.
0: John Locke was Professor X. Think about it, Sean. Think of the hatch. The dude.
2: I I like Patrick Stewart, but you just opened a whole other fucking Oh my god, Terry O'Quinn, Michigan native, is Professor X. Whoa. Right? Right! Like we could get some, fuck. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna put, pre- write a White House petition.
2: Yeah! <laughs> Alright.
1: We gotta
0: tighten up. Yeah, we gotta. Carol Danvers, looking good. Yep.
2: It's quite objectifying these people, Jerry. Come on. Hi, Sean, there's nothing
0: going on here, man. I know. I, I'm just here looking at the scenery. I don't know. Uh, I, how can I say that? This is an important issue.
2: So yeah So Carol starts uh she's sitting on the one of the balconies, just overlooking the thing. Obviously. She's uh lost her powers or memory. In her life, mostly. Good times. At the hands of Rogue. So she's a little distraught, thinking Wolver- about her future. Wolverine shows up and,
0: yeah. and uh, kind of lets everybody know that he has a past history with her. Yeah. And her boyfriend, Michael Rossi. Right. That's pretty Remember awesome. Remember that name. Yeah. Remember that name.
2: Jerry, that's the creepiest look you've ever given me. I wish you guys could see the look Jerry's giving me right now. It's awesome. That look was given twice before, and two children were born.
1: <laughs>
2: <coughs> so, uh, it's Corsairs... Like and Storm are getting some quality time together. Corsairs to hauling ass, trying to get away from that dreadnought. Then we cut back to Xavier's school, where Cyclops is going to pig out because of that tough... Handball game. Yeah. I uh, I also like to have a sandwich after a rousing game of handball.
0: <laughs> I don't remember that reference.
2: No edits. That's just me talking about masturbation. <laughs> okay. They start going through the mail, which, you know... Much like when the X-Men stopped to have hot cocoa, it's like, oh, they're people just like us. They got bills. They're like an old married couple here.
0: I like these two together. I do. They're wearing matching
2: outfits. Yeah. And then, they're sitting there, enjoying their lunch, going through the bills, and all of a sudden, she, our spacecraft, just zooms right over the fucking house and crashes into the lake. So they both dive in, and they pull out the pilot, and they both recognize that it's Corsair. So they pull him to the shore, and,
0: uh... What's Freddie Mercury?
2: <laughs> then all of a sudden, it does a weird... Corsair's dreaming about everything that's happened to him. The plane crash, getting zapped up by the can... His wife being murdered, joining the Stardrammers. When he wakes up, Scott wants to know why he's got these dog tags. Those are his dad's dog tags. He's like, you son of a bitch. Explain this to me, which is pretty dense of Cyclops. Completely dense. Yeah.
0: I think, I think, uh, Claremont must not have referred to his notes or something. Cause he was like, this close, and for those of you who are not watching at home right now, it's really close, okay? It's super close. My, my thumb and forefinger are
2: practically touching. It was one close shave in a pond away from figuring this out. Exactly. Exactly. So then all of a sudden, Sidrian hunters blast through, so Corsair Cyclops is like, you're lying, man. You're not my dad. Those aren't your dog tags. My dad would have come back for me. Mm, right? Yeah, no. only a complete
0: douchebag would not come back for his kids.
2: You're looking at me like I have kids I have, Jerry. No, oh,
0: I'm okay. looking for affirmation. Oh, well... Or a snappy comeback. Give me something! Listen,
2: okay, hang on. If I had kids, right, and they thought I died in a plane crash... And then I was out in space and I was a fucking pirate and I was sleeping with a cat. I wouldn't come back. I have no argument. Seriously, okay? You can, you can like put the kids through school, get a job, fucking worry about college, right? They're gonna turn 15 and they're gonna be like, dude, do drugs, I learned it from you, I hate you, right? Or, yes. your best friend is a dude named Choad, you're banging Hezpaba, Killing aliens. I'd be like, Scott, come on.
0: The orphanage wasn't so bad.
2: Yeah. Sinister. (laughs) Come on, who cares? We thought you were dead, Scott. (laughs) I wouldn't go back. Look at the outfit. If I was able to wear that outfit and ride around in space...
0: Yeah. I mean, how many sashes does this guy have, right?
2: He is... All of them. Yeah. Corsair's look was clearly... Clearly modeled after Steven Tyler. Yes.
0: I think it's fair to say he probably sweat a lot across his brow yes. and across his mid region. Yes. And he needed extra layering to catch all that sweat. Yeah. Never let him see you sweat, Sean. I don't.
2: So these Sidrian hunters bust through. If I was, if I was Corsair, I'd accidentally blast Cyclops and then run away. <sighs> <laughs> you can't prove a thing. I feel like, then I'd tell Storm. I'd be like, just tell him that I died. I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to Hespa Choad. Yeah. I'm gonna make Raza rub my feet. Don't call him Chode. That's gross. <laughs> what the fuck's his name? I don't know. Chod. Chod. Is
0: that so strange?
2: When I was a kid, I read it as Chode. So it's always gonna be Chode. That's to gross. Me. <laughs> He's not a chode.
0: So, quick reference to the issue before that. Uh, we see on the side of the Blackbird there's a new logo that says, it's a yellow dragon painted across. And in red letters over it, it says Kitty's
2: Dragon. Wow. That's right. Kitty owns the Blackbird now. It's her drag. They, the sweet thing is they get into that little, like, monorail thing to get to the hangar. Yeah. And when I saw the episode, the cartoon of this, it was right before Christmas that it aired. And I took a bunch of uh comic backer boards and I punched holes in them. And I hung them from the ceiling of my ex-mansion, which was under the stairs. Right. And then I put um, white Christmas lights so it lit up like a little. And then I could put my blackbird up there. Nice. Right? Nerd. 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 And then Cyclops does <coughs> what every child wants to do to their father. He punches Corsair right in the jaw. Yes. Um, I can't wait for my day. <clears throat> Dude, Finn is just gonna clobber ya.
0: One of them cold cocked me once. I can't remember which oh one was. God, but amazing. they were just like looking at me. <laughs> It made eye contact, right? Never make eye contact with your children. <laughs> and then they just slowly <laughs> pulled back, telegraphed the whole thing, right? And I'm like,
1: what are you?
0: And blast
2: right in the chin. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Just I was thinking... like, what just, what, I... In my mind, it was the first time that they ever truly saw you. Hmm. Like they'd seen you before, but this was the first time. Like I imagine little Finn just being like, Like, in that moment, in his, like... He, like, had total knowledge. And he was like, this is what I'm going to become. I must destroy it. He must destroy it in order to become it. So, uh... Yeah, Cyclops fucking cold cocks him. And he's doing it for a reason, because Storm's going to blow the holy hell out of these little spider alien bugs.
0: Yeah. Which are Oops. about to form one
2: giant bug. And can we just say that these little spider bugs have just fucking destroyed the rest of the mansion?
0: Bad day, man. Yep. Bad Super day. bad day.
2: So this big ass thing, that is a... It basically looks like a big, what, manta ray now? Yeah. Flying after the blackbird. Scott zaps it through the windshield of the plane. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. There's a big dog fight. They blow past a fancy restaurant. Then Corsair wakes up from his jaw punch. And he goes, nice flying, son. I couldn't have been done, done better than myself. I just totally botched that, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. He's like, we good flying, kid. This is our bonding moment. You're a good pilot, just like I was when our plane got zapped out of the fucking sky and your mom got raped and killed. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Uh.
0: Man. Uh, Yeah, her story
2: is not so good. No, it's kind of a bummer. Not so good. Makes me kind of regret all those jokes about Hesvaba's space tank.
1: <laughs> More edited. Uh,
2: uh. So yeah. Cyclops decides <laughs> to fly through the uh ship, scattering them all over the place. As you do. Yeah.
0: And then um against Cyclops wishes. Dear old dad vaporizes all of them. Yep. And says, now we can go. The reveal at the end is that Lalandra has been kidnapped by terrorists. Terrorists. Sean.
2: Yeah. We are doing a sweet job of recapping these issues.
0: Can you think anybody's picked up on the fact that we just do not give a fuck today? I
2: don't know. Tweet us hashtag Black Chugs if you picked out on Black Chucks. God damn it, dude. That was my favorite thing ever. Oh my God. And it happened twice. I was like...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, if you had just seen Jerry's face, it was amazing.
0: Editor's note. I feel this deserves a little bit of explanation. This was a hashtag response to our request for naming the team-up of Juggernaut and
2: Black Tom Cassidy. Get it. All right, moving on to X-Men, Uncanny X-Men number 155. X-Men! First Blood. First Blood.
0: Claremont, Cockrum, Wyatt Oh, that must be why it looks so much better.
2: Uh, I don't know about that man. I really don't dig Cockrum's Second Coming. He makes Cyclops look like he's 90. Yeah. Look at that first page, dude. Cyclops looks so old. Storm looks good though.
0: Storm looks really good even though she's sad and pouty Yeah,
2: up. I'm kind of I'm digging the pouty look. Yeah.
0: But uh that's probably more on why I check I'm guessing because the reason he looks old is cuz he got so many lines on his face. And he's pissed he off at of Storm
2: cuz he's like, "You knew he was my father and you fucking didn't tell me."
0: Yeah, I guess we should talk about that. Way back in yeah. issue 106 or 7, something like that.
2: 107. Yeah. Uh
0: Corsair kind of drops the knowledge on Jean. Yeah. And she drops the knowledge on Aurora. Is that how it went down? Yeah. And she's like, but you can't tell. You can't tell Scott. Don't tell. And Aurora's like, why are you going to play that game on me? she was not happy about it, but she kept the secret.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, Corsair, clearly, like, I mean, jokes aside, like, he went through some pretty brutal shit. So he's trying to explain that to Scott of, like, I had no idea, like, all of this stuff happened. I was grieving. You don't know what you're going to do when you're grieving. Right? Yeah. Jerry and I are clearly grieving. And that's what this episode has turned into. Yes. <sighs> And Scott, You're right now grieving that you listen
0: to this. <laughs> I know for a fact, because I'm exactly the same kind of guy, that Scott is sitting there and he's just about to throw it in his face like, what could have possibly been so bad that you would abandon your two children? You just tell me, Mr. Smart Guy, what's so bad that you had to leave us like that? Yeah, and Corsair <laughs> is is probably sitting there smugly, like, "Oh, I'll
2: tell you what was so
0: bad, you piece of shit.
2: You want to know?" So all of a sudden, the blackboard, blackboard, Blackbird gets uh, Hashtag black jokes. <laughs> gets transported onto a Shi'ar ship. Same thing with the rest of the X Men. Kitty's in a bikini again.
0: What? what Xavier is, is
2: still. Hey guys, we're going on a safari. (laughs) Lift with your legs.
0: Uh. Uh. Racket (laughs) raccoon makes a cameo and says he needs Xavier's chair.
2: (laughs) Another edit. No edits.
1: No edits.
0: I'm going to have to edit one of those out. Oh. <coughs> so then, uh... I love the Shi'ar ships. I do, too. I love the way Cochran draws those. They all look like really cool-looking bugs.
2: The Shi'ar look cool. Everything about look, this looks cool. You shouldn't rely on us to explain this to you. If you're sitting there and you're like, man, Jerry and Sean are so great at explaining this stuff, I never have to read this issue, you're an ass. I'm
0: sure they're <laughs> thinking that right There's now. A, dude.
2: Best episode ever. No edits. No edits. Don't fucking edit this.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to edit a damn thing. If we want to get 30 minutes out of this episode, I have to leave everything.
2: (laughs) Oh, Sean. Oh, man. Would have been awesome if I hadn't read this two weeks ago and I could remember what they were (laughs) talking about. Special guest
0: appearance by Tigra in this issue.
2: (laughs) Of course, there's like, see you later, later." (laughs) (laughs) Hezbollah.
0: There's a new kitty kitty
2: in town. Zacops, what are you doing with Gene? When he's like, have I told you the benefits of the <laughs> <laughs> feline persuasion?
0: Uh and this one doesn't even backspeak or whatever you call that gibberish that... Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I don't remember what happened either. Man. The X-Men get teleported up to the ship because Lelandra's missing and as her consort, which means bang buddy, <laughs> Professor X is like got some some pull with the Shiar. Yep. So they are now the guests of the Royal Shiar whatever's. I don't
2: care. <sighs> you might have to edit that
1: part <laughs> out. Uh, Alright, we're gonna
2: bring this on home, dude. Bring it home. You might have to end this part.
0: So, they... they Okay, so the X-Men get sent back to Earth to look for Lalandra, but Nightcrawler and Kitty are kept on as prisoners slash guests of the Shi'ar, uh... As leverage to force the X-Men to find the lander because of course they wouldn't want to find her,
2: right? And, like, Xavier does something really weird, which is like, he basically like, mind melds Kitty, and he's like, I'm giving you all the, and it's not a knock on Kitty, but like, he gives her all the information that he knows about the Shiar, but like, why, if Nightcrawler's gonna be staying there too, why do you give it all to Kitty? Like, she's a kid. That's gotta yeah. be overwhelming. She's the techie person that's oh, probably gonna yeah, good have. Point. Like, yeah, okay, wow, yeah. so she's, She's the gadget guy. Kick-ass. She's the gadget guy, so she's going to be under, able to understand alien technology. Z- well, Jay she will now. Oh, yeah, good point.
0: She's 13 and a half, Sean. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. She's ready. She's wearing a yellow
2: bikini. That's true. At 13 and a half, I was exploring computers in my body. Yes, you were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is taking the best turn ever, Jared.
0: <laughs> so the X-Men return, and they head right to the mansion who and wolverine raids the fridge because that's what you do oh my god of course the only one there dude is jarvis so we gotta jeez <laughs> their butt hurt butler we gotta there. deal with their
2: butler and their woman
0: i would deal with both of them jarvis is a good man he is and tigra there's nothing wrong with tigra come on now wolverine doesn't seem to like her Wolverine's a idiot. Alright, fair enough. He ain't got no time, which is why he's alone. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah. So they figure they gotta start tracking him. Then you get a sweet shot of uh, Kitty still in her dumb bikini, looking out over all of space. It's a pretty sweet view. We better win some type of podcasting award for this. Do not edit anything.
0: Luckily, Kitty has found her favorite thing in the world, a costume
2: fabricating device. Yep. She can go crazy making new costumes now. Yeah, and she, she gives herself does. a green dress. Then she changes herself into a white phoenix costume, which is kind of creepy. You know
0: what she looks like there?
2: Mary Marvel. Yeah. Who's Mary Marvel? Mm-hmm. Then she changes into what looks like Lalandra. So she's in some royal Shiar garb. And then she changes into Darth Vader, which is pretty funny totally funny i chuckled
0: and in the end she's going to end up using that device to tap into the entire Shiar network so she's not playing she's working sean
2: yeah so get off her back man all right fair enough so uh corsair and storm are hitting the town storm's got some white go-go boots it's a pretty awesome outfit she's got going on she's got the best taste yes she does and, and you, you would think, like, judging by the panel, the, all the other people are positioned looking at him, right? And you would think that they're all looking at Corsair cause he's dressed like an asshole. But they're actually all looking at Storm. Cause she's dressed pretty, pretty badass.
0: I probably have a stroke trying to figure out where my eyes are supposed to be.
2: <laughs> then you see a little, uh, gun pop up. And you get the first appearance. Of the brood. Yep. Which I have an issue with, Jerry. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. Well, it's another one of those Claremont things of like, hey man, I saw this pretty good film the other day. Yes. It's called Alien. Yes. I think I'm going to take that. Yeah. It's cool. You guys don't mind, right? If that should happen today, the internet would be like, oh, eh. It's my internet.
0: There were probably plenty of letters that came in about watch.
2: it. But I, didn't... yeah.
0: Letters pages. So your were issue good. is not that Claremont did it; it's just that people would bitch about it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like knowing that that. Yeah, no, I
2: mean, it's one of those things where it's like I look back, like to me, when I was younger, reading this or whatever, I probably hadn't seen aliens, so to me, this was like, oh shit, it's crazy. But then when I look at like the Dark Phoenix saga matching up with Star Wars, this comes out right. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Who knows what movie came out when they were in the Australian Outback? Fucking Mad Max? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Reavers pop up and Terminator comes out, you know? Nimrod, Terminator.
0: Nimrod, Terminator, and uh, Days of Future Past was totally Terminator.
2: See? Yeah. But I'm okay with it. But if it happened today. But I mean, you
0: remember way back when the Shiar first show up, it's like a a direct swipe of the... The Enterprise's um, uh, bridge. Bridge, yeah. And did I tell you that Chloe and I watched Star Trek?
2: I I was gonna comment on that because you said that you started her with season one, episode two, which I thought was odd.
0: Well, the f- first one was the pilot.
2: Okay. And later on, they
0: recap the pilot in that episode where um, where Pike comes back.
2: Okay.
0: And he's like all shriveled up. Okay. In the little wheelchair thing, and he can't talk. All he can do is flash that light once for yes, two times for no. And Spock goes on trial. I don't know if you remember that. But, like, they show the entire episode. Okay. But she totally dug it. Totally dug it. And I was... I sprained my arm patting myself on the back. Until she went to bed that night and couldn't sleep because she had nightmares. For the last three nights. So, I'm stupid.
2: Oh, well. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> she didn't, at least she didn't show her the brood. Yeah. She have a night Chloe, night. we're
0: watching Alien tonight.
2: My uh, my sister fucking terrified of that movie because my dad took her to see it when she was a little kid. Uh huh. <clears throat> and uh he bought a glow-in-the-dark Alien toy, and she was like on the bottom bunk of the bunk beds of my sisters, and he like shined a fucking light on it, and then snuck in there and put it above her bed. <gasps> And then woke her up in the middle of the night. And so the first thing she saw was the fucking face hugger. No. Yeah, freaked her the fuck out. Took my brothers to see American Werewolf in London, because that was the first one, right? Like the original? Uh-huh. Because he thought, due to the trailer, because they played CCR's Bad Moon Rise, and he thought it was going to be a comedy. And my brother it threw up. It sort of was. <laughs>
0: it sort of was a comedy.
2: Yeah, but I think my brother was a little bit too young. And during oh. the transformation yeah. scene, he vomited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. First movie they ever took me to see was Die Hard. They took me out of school. It's pretty great. Yep. Didn't see a Disney movie. Went straight to Die Hard. Das verdammte Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so the Brood, for some odd reason, he decides to uh blast the holy hell out of Storm and Corsair. Well, he's mostly aiming at Corsair. Yeah. Because they hate Corsair. Yeah. And uh, the the Ray causes them to see their most primal fears. Which I thought was weird, because, like, Corsair I get. Like, it's a big, scary alien bug. But Storm, I would have thought. It would Look have been like... space? Yeah! I would have been like, oh, she's gonna see a small little box, but she sees some weird animal. And then Deathbird flies over. I've never totally... I don't understand the relationship of Deathbird.
0: Now, she is Lilandra's older sister. Okay,
2: that's what I thought. I think. Okay, that's what I always thought. Evil, but... twisted... Vanished, gotcha. Older sister. They're really pushing Tiger here, cause Tiger goes after Deathbird. There's gotta be some type of cat going after a bird pun in here somewhere that yeah. I won't repeat for you. Colossus and Storm get in a fist fight. Yeah? And Man. then Deathbird pulls out some crazy ass javelins from her gauntlets, extends them full size, and then blasts the holy hell out of Colossus, and then a car. Cyclops optic blast her, but she kind of maneuvers out of it. And because Storm and Corsair are seeing their most primal fears, they start fighting each other, thinking they were those things. So right. Cyclops has to pull Corsair, and Colossus has to grab Storm off of them. And then uh, Corsair turns on... Got. cyclops thinking that he's to and he's screaming at him i've waited prayed for this moment to you killed my wife years ago now i'll kill you because he's crazy yeah meanwhile wolverine finds
0: the brood sniper yeah pops the claws and it's gonna be a bad day for the brood but dude i think we both agree that we don't love this cockram stuff like we do with with the previous Cockrum stuff, and definitely not as much as the Burn stuff. The Brood but does look pretty sweet. The, he draws these Brood so cool. Yeah, they, they are so sweet. cool.
2: Man. Yeah, so the Brood fires at Storm, captures her in like a big net that starts to tighten. So clearly he got the memo that that was what would take her down. And then uh he aims it again. as target's like Xavier, but Colossus jumps in front of it.
0: And it jacks him up.
2: Yeah, Wolverine like, cut storm out of the, the binding, and then, uh, yeah, everybody starts to realize that like Colossus is totally fucked up.
0: It was like an acid blast. Yeah, and it completely, um, eroded the the uh, steel yeah. on his chest. Kind of reminds me of um, well, I mean, the issue hasn't happened yet in continuity, but we read it for the the magic thing when he gets his chest caved in by Sim. Yeah. In Belasco's world, Balsacco's
2: world. Wolverine's going at it with the brood, which happens a lot. And, uh, then Cyclops and, uh, uh, Corsair seem to, uh, patch things up here pretty quickly as they blast the holy hell out of the, uh, brood that are coming through a portal. And this is awesome because this entire fight has been taking place
0: around a, a skyscraper that's been that's being constructed, so it's all just girders and stuff right now. And... out of this skyscraper launches this huge spaceship. The getaway ship for Deathbird. Who has Professor X in her clutches. And it just leaves the the skyscraper completely wrecked after it leaves. And the X-Men are left holding the bag, man. Yeah. And not only that... But when they finally fight their way out of the wreckage they're wondering why Colossus wasn't helping them dig their way out. Sean.
2: He got speared through the chest.
0: He's lying unconscious.
2: Perhaps he's dead. dead. And the cops show up and they scream you're under arrest. Man. And if the X-Men were Spider-Woman they'd just be like peace out motherfuckers and take off but they're not. Or not. But you're gonna have to wait until our
0: next episode to hear what happened to poor old Colossus. Because we're done.
2: Yeah. This is enough. This has been the edit free episode of the GX Pod. No edits. So I
0: wish I could say it's been a pleasure talking to you, but it's really just been a struggle today. It's good to see Sean though. Yeah. I guess.
2: (laughs) Kind of. Whatever. I gotta get out of here.
0: Yeah. Folks, we will see you in two weeks. Think about oh, maybe. us. Maybe. <laughs> Whenever you're Jerry's a, or- Jerry
2: needs a vacation.
0: Jerry does need a vacation. What I'm trying to say, people, is goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by Cry for the Moon Productions.
1: Cry for the Moon!